You, you guys actually think more than the average person does, so I'm, I'm always impressed by that. Uh. So. <laughs> You're listening to Cultivate, a podcast about the people and technology that are blazing a trail in the cannabis industry. Welcome to Cultivate. We've got Drew, Benny, Lance, myself, Scott, and we're here to talk about kind of where cannabis is going in 2018 and the future, talk about some of the technology behind it, um, the ways it's consumed, and just everything surrounding that. So let's jump right in. So I'm Lance Lambert. Uh, I come from Northern California. Uh, I was actually a criminal justice major and never thought I'd get into this industry, but entered the industry in late 2013, early 2014, first working for The Cannabis, which is a new site based out of Denver, Colorado, uh, specifically focused on the cannabis industry. And then uh, more recently, I spent time as director of media operations at Weed Maps and publisher of Marijuana.com. And and I'm I'm an advocate. (laughs) (laughs) And... And... Hello, my name is Benjamin Patok. I'm from Germany. Actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yes, outstanding. Berlin, Germany. Uh, born and raised in Frankfurt, though. And um, I was basically like my my roots are in you know like internet startup, you know, type of type of thing. So I'm an entrepreneur. I, I built a couple of companies. One of the last ones being uh, in, in tobacco. So that's how Boveda. That's, that's that's how I met Boveda basically, because I uh, built um, probably one of the biggest um, online retailers for cigars in in, in Europe. He's and being modest. I think it was the biggest. It, it was, was no. <laughs> far the biggest. It was enormous. <laughs> we had the prettiest people, you know, and the smartest <laughs> CEO. <laughs> CEO. <laughs> it was so smart that I, I actually I quit um, because I just didn't like my day job anymore. You know, I like to build. Things and this is why you know and since I got to know you guys and I've been such a big fan of Boveda, I use it every day. So this is like one of the easiest decisions. You know, and I'm taking, I'm helping you. I'm taking care of all international relations, especially in Europe. Um, and I'm happy, happy to be here. And now, of course, you can force me to be on podcasts yeah. all the time, which is we're excited and, to have you here. And you and you have a family. I have a family. Yeah, I you're a, married and a, you have a young son. Yes. And so you're Lance. Yes. So we like to get that out of the way because we get a lot of calls uh, from, uh, anyway. Let's move on to the next. Uh, yeah. So it's all, it's just, so Drew, you have to take over the big lifting. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, so we will have uh, German subtitles for the podcast, I think. You'll be doing yeah. those later. Yeah, this is what you also forced me to do, yes. Das ist gut. Das, das ist, gut. ist gut. I love the German accent. It's very yeah. authentic. Dankeschön. Uh, so, Lance, you, uh, you brought up a subject about the quote would be the day that a price of a barrel of oil became lower than the price of a keg of beer. Yes. It changed the perspective of Texans. Correct. So in the cannabis world, so take that wonderful analogy and let's talk about uh, changing... Uh, attitudes and perspectives in the cannabis world, generational changes and also uh, social changes in the different states. Definitely. So that was uh, the quote that you're paraphrasing. There was exactly what we were talking about was how it's interesting that this industry really does bring all kinds of people, all walks of life together. 
Um, I mean, just a case in point, you know, Benny and I would not have met if not for this industry. Um, but that's really a big part of what the culture is surrounding the plant. Uh, it's always been like that. And as much as I am embarrassed to say I made fun of hippies growing up in San Francisco, they were really onto something. They were really onto something as far as community, holistic, more so barter than monetary. And, mm-hmm. you know, just just sustainable. Also, yeah, yeah, just sustainable and, and recyclable and everything about it. But uh, specifically on that um on that quote, I was referencing when working at the cannabis and it was within our first year, you know, we launched late 2013 in preparation of, of the legalization of, of adult use on January 1st, 2014. Later on that year, uh, when looking at the analytics, I noticed a bit of a change in myself having at one point in my life invested in energy stocks, uh, still keep an eye on them. And I saw that the price of crude oil barrel was dropping, dropping, dropping. And uh, it did get to a point where, well, I mean, we're talking sub $47 range, which is insane. That's less than half of what FMV fair market value is today. And so all of a sudden I started seeing traffic coming up, 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 up from Texas. So I called my friends at Dope and I called my friends at High Times and spoke to my friends at MG uh, and my friends at Marijuana.com at the time. I said, are you seeing the same thing? Because all of us in media, we're all friends. You know, it's, it's a small pool uh, focusing on cannabis. They said, yeah, you know, we're seeing up there with New York, with L.A., with San Francisco, with Miami, with Colorado. We're seeing Houston, Dallas, and it never left. That's the thing that's interesting. To this day, still, uh, for Marijuana.com, I always saw Houston and Dallas uh, up there on the list. I mean, like, fourth, fifth place, not ninth, tenth place kind of thing. Uh, So, yes, I mean, people can say Houston is the fourth most populated city in the country. That is a factor. But I think that speaks volumes on the fact that even people that, if it's only for monetary uh, they're seeing the value in the, what we call the green rush. So oil, of course, was a black rush. We had the gold rush and everything else, but we call it the green rush. And there's plenty of friends that would go down for functions and events because there's a lot of uh, connection between Texas and Colorado. Uh, and they said they're getting pulled aside by these these guys that were big-time investors and asking them, what's going on in Colorado? How can I get involved? Uh, so I think it's interesting that um, you know, it's one extreme perspective of it. The other, again, is uh, the children that their parents were spending and betting everything to move to Colorado in order to get um, the medicine they needed for their children. Because Western medicine, I won't say Western medicine failed them. Uh, Western medicine just didn't have a solution or an answer for their ailments. So uh, you have those that, again, are on the monetary, on the capital side, and then you have those that are on the more so the free the plant and yeah. the holistic side. Especially if you think about you can grow this on your own if you wanted to. And that's yeah. that's what you frustrates. Know, it's, yeah. This is, of course, why big pharma is against it. Exactly. Right? So you have that cure maybe right there and you can just grow it in your backyard. Yeah. yeah. It's know? yeah, it's it's tough to grow, you know, ambient and you know, oxycodone and, and all the other drugs that are used in excess in this country and better parts of the world. That's exactly it. And then you have companies, even, you know, big tobacco, big alcohol. I mean, yeah. all of them are yeah. like, wow, big, this like, is... For instance, I'm from Germany, yeah. you know, of course, like the beer lobbyists, they're strongly against, you know, legalization of recreational cannabis, right? Yep. And so a recent article just came out last week. Uh, for those states that have legalized cannabis, they've seen as much as a 15% drop and alcohol sales. And for me, I still partake socially, which is fine. But quite honestly, it's I, I don't have time for alcohol. 
I mean, I don't have time for lack of sleep and I don't have time for hangovers. And with cannabis, that just does not exist. And oh, by the way, I'm doing something that helps my body. You know, I had, I got, and this is a sign of getting old, just give you guys a heads up. I mean, I'm still young, but I got diagnosed with diverticulitis. But, but and, you don't, and, you don't show it. It's, okay. <laughs> it's the faux hawk. Um, <laughs> I, I got diagnosed with diverticulitis, which I thought was something synonymous when you get older, but it is something, you know, it's just an infection of the intestines. And uh, they gave me two antibiotics and I could not eat, which is kind of counterintuitive to antibiotics. So it was killing, I mean, it really, my stomach and I, I ride race motorcycles and, and go swimming. I mean, I'm very much an active guy and, and I don't easily get queasy and, uh, it was kind of put me on my ear and I had these friends, uh, Billy and the crew down at, uh, pure ratio in San Diego. And they gave me some samples. They gave me an 18 to one CBD patch that uh, claimed to have a 96 hour time release. And I put it right on the, the infection was just below my ribs right here, my rib cage. I put it on there within a half an hour. Wasn't queasy. I didn't, stomach wasn't hurting, wasn't in pain. I would, at, at that point, that was another one of those pivotal ahas. And I'm like, wow, this it's, it's not smoking mirrors. It's yeah. legitimate. You so know? I get By people way, shout out to pure ratios, pure ratios. So <laughs> Love I, uh, pure ratios, that pure ratio. Yeah. So I get people all the time. We travel the world doing, uh, shows. We, we go to a lot of trade shows. We go to a lot of consumer shows and, and B2B shows. Um, people will say to me, oh yeah, the cannabis, uh, you know, that whole pot business has ruined Colorado. And I'll be like... Is that so? You, you should see the schools. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You I mean, should see the roadways. But this yeah. is... There, there's a false narrative that's yeah. being promoted in our society about the social ills of cannabis. And there's um, a whole group promoting that, so you know. And there's a group that actually is infiltrating a better part of the politics, specifically in Northern California, with that same kind of campaign, that same smear campaign. That you, oh, this is doing this to the the ecosystem. This is doing this to um, to the land. Grapes do more damage, yeah. believe it or not. Well, from the good a thing is, when you're perspective. once it's legal, you have access to all the numbers. Actually, yeah. you know, before when it's in the black market, as it is in Europe, you know, there's nothing. You don't know anything basically now. Because I spoke to Jane West. Hi, Jane. And, uh, and, and she's located in Colorado and at Canafest in Prague, you know, and she pulled up some numbers, you know, that like um, adolescent usage went down, actually, you know, and, and interestingly, like the, 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 um, the prices for property around dispensaries went up because they're getting so much tourist traffic coming, to, you know, and stuff like this. So all of a sudden you have these these numbers that you can actually track, you know, because you you can have, you can track every sale, you know, because of the yeah. of the taxes that are attached to it. And not speaking about the money that you make, you know, now as a state. Yeah. You know, opposed to hundred million dollars. I yeah, remember when we hit just, in Colorado and it did not take long. We hit a hundred million dollars in taxes. I mean alone. That's huge. That's but huge. another another fact, again, if you want to look at uh long term effects, uh, and I believe it was the cannabis as well that did a story on this, uh, a drop as high as twenty five percent in opioid overdoses in legal states. So again, take that in for a minute because that's something, I mean, the, the monetary gain is phenomenal. I loved when I seen the schools, the infrastructure, they're building homes for the homeless in Colorado. That's a program. A lot of people don't know they're building. Um, and I'm not talking about section eight, like literally these are homes qualify or not. If you're homeless, they're actually building residence for homeless with the first graduating class last year. Here's another one for you from Pueblo high school. Each child got an $8,000 um, grant to go to college. $8,000 that came from cannabis taxes. Um, and if you so fly into just, Denver, the cranes are everywhere. Oh, yeah. The building yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah, it we really just, is. We just got back from uh, 
the uh, Emerald Cup in Northern California. And if you, if anyone that complains environmentally about the impact of cannabis, if you go to the Humboldt County Growers Association, if you go to the, uh, the groups in Mendocino or Sonoma County and you look at any of their materials, everything they're doing is sustainable. Exactly. Everything they're doing is yeah. green. Um, there's a commitment and there's an underlying ethic about taking care of the environment and it's working. Um, exactly. It's just remarkable uh, what they're doing. So I, I bring it up because um, so, somewhere along the line there has to be some, some pushback to the, um, not to use a cliche, but the fake news yeah. about the impacts of cannabis because it's far less um, uh, of an impact on society than alcohol, and alcohol is yeah. ubiquitous in our society. I mean, yes, it's so everywhere. Much so. Yeah, yeah. So, in Europe, um, even more so. Yeah. Yeah. So Can technology and ways to consume. Should we go there? Yeah. Yeah, I think you have some examples too. Yeah, I do. I think it's I think it's a great topic because uh, we discussed a little bit of stigma, you know, thanks to uh, programs like Dare and such. And I think there's a lot of people who just don't know. I mean, we could do a series in itself educating the potential end user. And so a good example is the fact that everyone thinks you have to smoke. So that's one thing that we, we're battling a little bit with legalization across the country. Here on one hand, and I can speak firsthand, going to, again, going to College of San Luis Obispo, that was the first city in the state of California to make smoking in public illegal. So that was 1990. So it's been something that's been preached for some time that smoking's bad, smoking's not good for you, and I don't necessarily disagree. Um, you know, that's the way, though, that everyone thinks you consume cannabis in the only way. So I did bring a few examples, and um, again, these are things that maybe are a little more synonymous with the medical market, but if you are looking to um, move away from alcohol or move away from ibuprofen for pain, uh, these are perfect for you as well. And so one of them, uh, and you'll hear this a lot in Northern California, you probably did, is tinctures. So um, this is a little relief tincture, very small, little drop it. It's a three to one uh, ratio, as we say. So it's uh, three parts THC to one part CBD. So that is something that for those of us that are a fan more so on the medical, we would think of that as more so a recreational uh, compared to if you had a three to one stack or a four to one stack on CBD, that's more so the medical. But the fact that you can just use a drop. Uh, another is is vaping, which has become very common around the world. Uh, this is a, a little more modern technology. Most of the pens that you see out there uh, for consuming by oil or what we call 510s or 510 thread. Uh, this is actually a Pax Era. So, I mean, literally you've got, this is a, a 500 milligram pod, as they call it, and you just plug it in. I mean, the, the technology, it's you know exactly, yeah. yeah. You know how much energy, you know what heat level, all the and rest of it. What do you do with that? That plugs right into your hard drive? So <laughs> and you download it? Funny you, you mentioned. I, I, I was, print it out, <laughs> roll it, then smoke it. Yeah. I was at an event, and I do carry this just because it's so easy and just to educate, to talk about. Um, I was at an event, and uh, I did get frisked. I mean, it's just something they did. They didn't have wands. It was a, another country. It isn't as advanced. Uh, so he came across this in my pocket. He asked what it was. I'm like, oh, it's just USB drive. Okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> that's what it looks like. So um, it does utilize, you know, just a plug on the end. But this thing, I mean, you go without charging it for weeks. I haven't charged this for two, two and that's weeks. that's a vaping mechanism. It is a vaping device. So what it does is uh, just that, thanks to heat, it does vaporize the oil for consumption. Uh, the thing that I do like and I recommend for people getting into uh, possibly consuming is utilizing a pen because it's very accurate in its dosage. So you know if you take one hit, wait 10 minutes. Take another hit 
wait 10 minutes. You know, you really want to pace yourself because uh, the way that cannabis is absorbed, um, it is at different rates based on how you consume. Who made the little tincture? Oh, so these guys, this is Papa and Barkley, uh, really cool guys, another company out of California. And, um, you know, obviously this is empty because it's not something I could bring to another state. But I think still just a really good good example is something that it's, you just put a drop, put a drop in your tea, put a drop in your soda, you know, whatever it is you're consuming or two drops, you know, and you're done. That's it. No smoking, no hassle. So what's people, your, go ahead. I was just going to ask, what's your favorite form of consumption? Um, so a lot of us, we break it down based on convenience. So for me, from a convenience standpoint, again, uh, being a bit more on the medicinal side, uh, I like, there's a, what I call a triple stack pill and a multi-stack pill. Mm -hmm. And so that's, what I use, I use a pill that yep. is predominantly CBD has a little bit of THC, uh, to help with absorption. And I take it about an hour before bed. If I want to feel like I had a glass of wine or two, then maybe I'll consume it two hours before bed. And it's just a perfect, you get a little bit of that heady, but again, mostly it's body. I can literally, the weird thing is I can feel it in my knees and my ankles. So I can feel it where the pain exists. It's really hard to explain. It's almost like putting a little bit of Ben Gay, just a, just a hint mm -hmm. on the spots that bother you yep. and you just feel it working. And then it just, and then it just goes away that, that kind of tingling. So, uh, so that's my way of consuming, but it is nice to have the vape. I mean, it is something where if you are feeling again, like a, a friend, I have friends with anxiety as well. Uh, and it just for them to be able to have that one tap and be done is perfect. So that's why I'm a fan of carrying the pen. Too. Okay. So hypothetically, if I have a friend who's 56 year old, healthy adult male, yes. Um, or oh, is living in Europe where it's illegal. So that would be a friend as well, maybe. So, so <laughs> she's talking about a friend here. I'm not talking about myself. No, no, no. Wait, how old um, are you? You know, above average intelligence, relatively good looking. Um, but Solid beard. The silver where fox. Would you go, no, where would you go? Where would you direct someone to become educated or to become uh, knowledgeable enough to be able to get the proper credentials to get what you need to get or uh, participate in some sort of, what is the way to go from uh, yeah. a, a completely outsider to having some sense of what's going on and to safely uh, try some things and see if it's uh, uh, gonna work for you? I, <clears throat> I have one suggestion for our Canadian listeners. Uh, National Access Cannabis is a clinic up there, and they're huge on just the education and getting people that have never used cannabis, don't know anything about it. You go in there, they have classes and all of that. They get you your prescription and everything, and they'll just educate you so you know what you need exactly, and there's no question about it. But no, definitely. I'm not... There's places like that here in the U.S. Yeah, I think the education, that's what I did. I mean, it was kind of a forced education because, again, being on the media side of this industry, that was part of my job, was staying up on all the information, all the news and the companies, the movers, the shakers, um, the personal stories or what we call patient stories, which really do hit home. Uh, so that's, I do recommend doing your homework. The internet is our friend. I mean, do look out for fake news and propaganda, but uh, there's plenty of sites out there, you know, that uh, I am biased. I do like the cannabis because... Uh, that being a new site did come out of mainstream news. So they follow what we call SPJ Code of Ethics, Society of Professional Journalists. So uh, the information and news that they convey, they try to make sure is as factual and accurate as possible. Uh, the same for the Californian, uh, the same for when I was with marijuana.com. We really want to make sure we covered the facts. 
10, 50% of what most of these sites do cover is news and education because that's the interest. They do get in a bit to culture and, and other things as well. Um, but definitely going on the internet and there are experts on there that, that do like to share their news and, and their educational information. Um, so that's what I'd recommend. As far as getting your card, it does vary from state to state because, again, keep in mind that there's only so many elements of this uh, industry that are national, let alone international. Uh, so, I mean, MMJ Online is the company I utilize for re-upping my medical, uh, but some people are a fan of uh, HelloMD or, you know, there's several different even ease I think can help you out with that. So. There's platforms out there, but do take the time and learn. I mean, it's it's not like you're trying to grow because that's a whole other education. Yeah, you know, that's where you go to the Jorge Cervantes and the and the Ed Rosenthal books of the world, and, and that's a, a really. Um, I know people are going back to college to study, and not just here. Ran into a, a couple in um, Ilif in England that we're going back to school to study uh, ornamental horticulture so that they can learn about the grow. That's a totally different thing. But as a consumer, just educate yourself, you know, and I do recommend there's, so I, I think it might be a good transition and maybe that's what you're thinking into the way we consume. Right. So that's another thing. And, and I'd love to hear, you know, Benny's take on how many of these things are common on the other side of the pond, but out here, you know, a lot of people, the only time I ever hear someone say, uh, I thought I was going to die. It's usually followed by this one time when I ate an edible. So I do recommend steering clear of edibles if you are a beginner. Uh, while the dosage might be accurate, and it very much is if you're buying it from a trusted resource, not from your buddy who makes brownies in his kitchen, uh, the dosage is spot on for a lot of these companies now. You really can. Like I love Sweetgrass Kitchen out of Denver because they're all about the low dose. And Julie, the owner, she saw a need for low dose before the rest of the industry did. Everyone was doing what we call a race to the top in the world of THC. So people are coming out with, and I mean, I like Incredibles and Dixie and the rest of them, but they're coming out with 100, 200, 500 milligram. And here she went the opposite direction. She came out with these little, these uh, little chews that are 2.5 milligram. And that's what I tell people who are beginners. I'm like, think of 2.5 milligrams as a little bit less than a glass of wine, maybe like four ounces of wine. You pop a few of those and you're good. Um, I do recommend that because the, the average dosage, the standard as set forth by states like Colorado and Washington is 10 milligrams. And if you'd never consumed before, I would not give you 10 milligrams. Yeah. <laughs> I would give you two and a half to five milligrams because, yeah, you'd be like, that would be your worst experience. Just like my, my mom saying that, you know, she doesn't like tequila. I'm like, well, just because you partied one time in Mexico and got over the top doesn't mean you'll never drink alcohol again. Right. So uh, I'd say, again, the safest is uh, is obviously, you know, vaping. Um, or some sort of measured, again, like a tincture or, or something in the alike, but, uh, but I would stick away from edible. And that's the thing people don't know about this plant. It can be consumed. I was talking to another scientist, and he's like, Lance, the reason why it's, it's hard for us to come up with pesticides and herbicides that address the issues of this plant is because, unlike other crops, it can be consumed every way you can imagine. So it can be consumed topically. It can be consumed sublingually. It can be smoked. It can be vaped. It can be eaten. It can be utilized as a suppository like Tommy Chong has done to fight his cancer. So every single way you can imagine it can be absorbed and there's not very many things out there that aren't natural that you can fight the pests on this plant that you can absorb in all those fashions. So When we've had people tell us at the booth that if they were to have a combination of uh, ways to consume it, they can come up with, uh, what is it, the decarboxylized version that goes through your... Yeah, uh, so that's the thing that, yeah, not to geek out, that's the problem is, uh, so the absorption rate varies, so when you do eat a a, a consumable uh, product, you're only actually absorbing about 40%. 
So uh, that's one thing to factor. But another thing that people don't talk about is THC, as far as its uh, chemicals makeup, is converted because of the acids in our stomach. So it's a different type of high, for lack of a better term. Uh, but exactly, you're getting into decarboxylation. So Benny and I could go grab an ounce and split it and make a, you know, make something out of it. Let's this, say this just put it in our cereal, yes. right? If we put it in our <laughs> cereal, we don't cook, hypothetically, hypothetically yes. um, if we put it in our, sprinkled it on our cereal or sprinkled it on our toast, um, we could consume a half, we could consume an ounce each. And actually that would be healthy. I mean, as far as what the plant has to, has to offer, it'd be healthy. But that's because it isn't decarboxylated. So if we do go and pick up an ounce and share it and it's been decarboxylated, which turns THCA, THC, that's your conversion, which pretty much makes the one cannabinoid that's a psychoactive, it activates it. So uh, if we did do that same thing and heated it to decarboxylate it, we couldn't, we'd be tripping. <laughs> we would be on our ear. So that's a good point you make is, yeah, there's some people that they put it in their um, smoothies. They treat it like sweet grass, but it's expensive. If you think about, you know, some of these doctors are saying, yeah, do an ounce right a day of, of fresh squeezed cannabis. <laughs> and that's a day. I mean, even on the, you know, swag in a bag side, you're talking a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's an expensive. It's expensive interesting drink. to hear because in, in Europe, obviously we're not at the same level, you know, because it's, most of it's black market, right? So you, you don't have that level of sophistication because this comes with the amount of money you can actually make legally, you know? That's, 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 that's just the way it is. And we don't, of course, we have people that are breaking cookies, you know, stuff like this at home, but we don't have like the same. I was amazed by the range of edibles that are out there. It's just incredible. You know, we, we're not at the same level. You know, people, like most of the people in Europe, they just smoke a joint. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah. mixed with tobacco. And that's, that's, that's what we do. You know, we that's what I was going to say, too. They spool over there. And that's one thing that Americans, it's, um, this is one of the least popular places to do it, whereas Europe is the most predominant, and Australia, South America. But they actually spool their weed, which essentially means you know they, they blend. So they'll blend, um, I don't know the ratio in Germany, but yeah. most of my friends... Maybe it's do a good job by the tobacco companies, you know. It's, it's yeah, like, <laughs> I mean that that's that is what's crazy. Is I mean that's why I was surprised that Zigzag was one of the last companies to really embrace. Yet they were one of the first to be that solution for rolling a joint. But I just now finally saw them at a champ show a couple of months ago, and it's like, where have you been? Raw's yeah. been eating your lunch because yeah, exactly. Raw said no. What we're making papers and products specifically for this industry. But yet, Zigzag, you're the original. You know, we talked about that with Totino's Pizza Rolls. So I was telling him, you know, some Totino's Pizza Rolls, they embraced 420. And they actually did this really cool root-style marketing campaign along with a mainstream media campaign during a, a couple of 420s ago in Denver. But then you have Hot Pockets, which I hate to point out the obvious. Sorry, guys, but that, that's another quintessential stoner food. Yeah. They want to acknowledge the industry. It's like Taco Bell has... The fourth meal. What do you think they're talking about? There's, yeah, exactly. Not, they aren't saying a fourth meal is healthy. They're saying when you're high and you're hungry, we're here for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I love the companies that do embrace it. And that, that's what helps us get rid of the stigma and the taboos when, you know, companies like that and, and doctors and scientists and chemists take this serious. They take the industry serious. And when Hollywood stops putting out all these. Oh, my God. You nailed it. The stigma, the I mean, Spicoli stigma, as I call it. Yeah, it's very frustrating, you know, no matter if it's Kumar or Pineapple Express. I mean, there's so many shows that, you know, I'm a consumer and do I look like I have memory loss or that no. I have a lack of IQ? I mean, that's a thing. Or that, that I, you haven't showered in three weeks. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a thing. And I think that's why the industry has embraced me because I'm very much an advocate. I won't say I'm an activist because I'm not out protesting, but I am an advocate for it. But I think they appreciate the fact that I show that I can be 
a functional, successful human being and still consume this versus other things out there. So, well, and I'm an advocate, but I don't consume. I mean, which I love just, even more. That's just my personal preference. Yeah. Um, and what I uh, encourage, I mean, it's a freedom thing to me. Yep. You know, to have the uh, right to make decisions for your own welfare and to uh, the amount of good that's potentially coming out of this movement as far as, you know, I'm really sensitive about addiction issues, so people that can get off of opiates, that's a huge deal to me. Um, you're enjoying episode five of Cultivate the Podcast with Scott and Drew, Lance and Ben, uh, brought to you by Bovida. And if you have more questions, you can find us on social media at Bovida Cannabis on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, hashtag Ask Bovida. We will respond. And uh, this has been fun. <laughs>